You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Okay, we're live. Got to let it breathe just for a moment. Got to bring on Facebook and we will officially kick this conversation off. It is going to be a gas. I'm just looking for these green check marks. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, what's going on, brother? Uh, Mile High Mailbag Day. Not a lot of news going on, but we do have some interesting topics to digest. What's good? Well, I'm just looking at this comment. Ernie's shaking my head. We've been on here two minutes already, not even. We're already getting some sort of pushback. But, I mean, there is topics right now we can talk about. As long as Rodgers is still kind of semi on the trade block, from what we know, we're going to talk about him. But it's the dead of the offseason, and we're still podcasting to you, bringing you live shows, EDJ, and all of Broncos country, hoping to improve four nights out of your week. So, Thank you for your comment. Thank you for your view as well. Yeah, we could always just throw in the towel and be like, hey, we'll see you when the Broncos return. I mean, you know, but that's not really that's not really our style. Um, something interesting this way came today, Zach, in the form of your article that was covering what former Washington football, I want to say he was a pro bowler, cornerback, Fred Smith. I thought the same thing. He was not. Oh, never I looked made a pro up, bowl. yeah. Man, I always remembered him as being a very high-profile guy. Same. Maybe it was that name, Smoot. I don't know. Smoot. This dude had some – he had some sizzle. I don't know what else to say, but I'll pull up the article. He's he's trying to say, no, 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 no. Aaron Rodgers should come to Washington. And then he laid out his case Why? Is there any – I mean, obviously, Rodgers is still a Packer. For all we know, he's not going to get traded. But do you see Washington as a – viable, feasible, potential trade destination? Well, I would encourage everyone out there to read the article at milehighhuddle.com because I, at the bottom of it, I kind of push back against Fred Smoot and why he thinks that the football team is a legitimate suitor. And he feels if they were to acquire Rodgers, they would be a Super Bowl contender and they have the capital to do so. Well, uh, you know, you talk about trading within the NFC. I'm not sure Green Bay would be all that open to moving Rodgers to a team not only in the conference, but a team they are scheduled to play this year. Green Bay is not scheduled scheduled to play either Denver or Las Vegas, another suitor for Rodgers. And what Smoot does not mention, nor anything uh, no one ever seems to talk about when it comes to these kind of potential trades, is the salary cap. They don't have as much cap space as the Broncos. They have, Washington does, $16.6 million. The Broncos right now, as of today, have $28.8. So that's a, that's a big gap, $12 million, when you're talking about a quarterback whose salary cap figures are escalating in the 30s right now. I don't know that Washington, after paying Fitzpatrick, and they're, they should be high on Taylor Heineke. He looked really good in relief last year. They also have Kyle Allen. It doesn't strike me as a Ron Rivera move. It strikes me as a Daniel Snyder move. But Ron Rivera seems to have more power, you know, in that organization allocated. And uh, I don't see him doing that. So it's still, to me, the front runners are Denver and Las Vegas. And I think the ultimate front runner for the time being has to be Denver. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, you're right. You were right. Obviously, you did the research. But I just looked. and I'm like, I have to see this for myself. Fred Smoot. Second round pick back in 01. We're about the same age, Smoot and I. 01, second round, played from 01 through 09. Yeah, had a brief stint with Minnesota, then came back to Washington. Anyway, sorry, guys. I'm just kind of nerding out on that. But look, Washington, we all know salary cap voodoo is a thing. And typically, not always, but typically where there's a will, there's a way as far as these cap wizards. The, the the tricks they can conjure, right? A big kind of mountain mover, splash type guy like owner, like Daniel Snyder, I could see him trying to make a play, Zach. But I don't, under any circumstance, fathom Rodgers viewing that team as a destination he would want to go to, honestly. 
you know, this is a team that hasn't sniffed anything noteworthy since 2011, or excuse me, 2012, RG3's rookie year, right? They had a little success, RG3 named rookie of the year, get to the playoffs, and then ever since then, dude, we're, so we're now looking at a full decade, and even before that, it was pretty bleak, right? They're just not a factor, and you can look at the roster and see if they're if you're Aaron Rodgers and look at the offense in particular and see what weapons are there, but relative to what the Broncos could offer, and even relative to what the Raiders could offer as far as offensive skill positions, it's not even close that. They do have some interesting talent there. They have um, uh, Terry McLaurin. They brought in Curtis Samuel. They have Antonio Gibson. They have J.D. McKissick, I believe, still at running back. It's They have Logan Thomas at tight end. It's not the Broncos' set of skill weapons, but it's not like it's chop liver either. But I agree with you overall that the toxicity of the Washington organization, the reputation that they have, I don't know that Rodgers would want to sacrifice his career uh, and, and jeopardize his reputation in the hands of Daniel Snyder. It, it's it's almost like if you're going to make that move, if you're going to defect from the only franchise you've ever known, you want a soft landing. It's why Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, who were one quarterback away, as it turns out, from winning a title. I don't think Washington, no matter what Fred Smoot says, is a Rodgers away from winning a title. I think the Broncos are closer in that regard. An actual piece of news we got um, today. And I'm going to read this courtesy of Pro Football Talk. The headline, the NFL will allow teams to use alternate color helmets again Mm. starting in 2022. Real quick, in a memo sent to teams this afternoon, the league announced a new policy that will give teams the opportunity to use two different helmets starting in the 2022 season. A popular move with fans who like alternate and throwback uniforms. Teams can pair the second helmet with alternate throwback or color rush uniforms so long as they follow all league policies on ensuring that all alternate helmets are properly fitted and that all players are provided with sufficient opportunity to wear the alternate helmets in practice prior to wearing them in a game. So that'll be fun, Zach. That'll be fun. You'll, you might actually start to get the, the D logo as, as seen on Zach's hat there, but in the new color rush kind of darker, this, you know, the Bronco Navy blue um, background, I think it would be really cool. Like my, I'm a big fan of the old Orange Crush jerseys and helmet because, for me, it's a nostalgia thing. Objectively speaking, Zach, if you look at those old uniforms, they're god-awful. I mean, they're ugly, but I love them. Don't get me wrong, but they're ugly. I mean, only the old Tampa Bay creamsicle jerseys uniforms could probably be argued as being just the most garish compared to the old Bronco ones. Meanwhile, you take that thought because the D was awesome. The D was always cool with with the Bronco coming through. That was always cool. You take that and put it on the newer color landscape that that Pat Bowen rolled out in 97. I like that. And you could put it on the orange, you know, the regular orange home. You could put it on the all dark blues. You know, you could put it on Color Rush, whatever. That would be cool. I'm so immature. Yeah, I'm actually dressing up for the occasion tonight because this is one of my favorite logos of any sport franchise, football or, you know, notwithstanding. I hope they go back to that, but otherwise, I have it on my Twitter. I literally just retweeted it, actually. The the Color Rush helmet, the darker navy with the orange D, that's what I think the Broncos' permanent full-time helmet should be with their current uniforms. I'm excited about this. I don't know what took the NFL so long. They are the no-fun league, but it seems like the no-fun league is becoming a little more fun, slowly but surely. Indeed. Guys, hey, this is an open forum night, right? This is the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests, and each and every week, we are here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So whatever's on your mind, get it in the chat. We'll try to be as democratic as possible. Obviously, super chats and stars come first, but we'll try to get to as many of your questions, topics uh, as possible across all the different platforms. Just really quick, though, I'm going to blaze through this. Make sure you're following us on Twitter if you want to connect with the show at Huddle Up Pod, at Mile High Huddle as well. Connect with our producer, Buona Beast on Twitter, at John K, MHH. My partner in crime on Twitter, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Also, kindly follow the page, the Huddle Up Podcast page on Facebook. You can see how to navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash Pod, or just open up the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, give us a like, give us a follow. Automatically enters you into our weekly randomly selected raffles, can win a MHH t-shirt, might be a mug, just for liking and following the page. Also, kindly, there I'm using it again, consider becoming a supporter of MHH on Facebook. What does that get you? 
access to our premium VIP video and podcast content, which includes Calberman's Corner every Sunday at noon, hot takes that hold water. Also, Saturdays at noon, Mountain Time, the Trickle Zone with Eric Trickle. And then we just debuted last week, Broncos Book Club with yours truly. We're starting with Elway, A Relentless Life. We're going chapter by chapter. Might start doing like a couple chapters at a time type thing because we don't want it to take forever getting through one book. But if you want access to that content and be a part of those conversations, simply become a supporter. It's five bucks a month over on Facebook. Navigate to our page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll know you're in the right place. You'll see 95,000 some odd fellow Broncos fans following the page. Click the big blue button at the top. You're in like Flynn. And also, guys, if you want to just get some merch, huddleuppod.com. Head on over, get get your swag on, hat, t-shirt, whatever. Another great way to support what we're doing here. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. Kindly, again, that's three times a charm. Subscribe. Make sure you are subscribed. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Like this video if you are on YouTube and Facebook. We really appreciate those of you who take the time if you're enjoying the content at all that you just like the video because that just helps us grow and reach Broncos fans like you who are completely unaware and oblivious to this community out here waiting to embrace them. And three is, Hey, look, if you think we're doing a good job or at the very least you respect the effort we're putting in, share this video out there, help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans, just like you. All right, Zach, let's um, take a peek first off. With Zeus, we were just talking about Zeus before we went live tonight. Man, thank you for that generosity, bro. Love you, Stu. When are we getting you back on? Let's we can create a special dispensation for Stu. Doesn't have to be a Wednesday night. So let us know what night will work for you. Let's get you back in. He says hi, all best pod in all football. Thank you, Stu. Love you, bro. Hope you're doing well. I'm struggling, but I see you somewhere up there, Stu, in the heavens on Mount Rushmore. You are the best. You are the founding father. You are everything to this podcast, Stu. Thank you so much. If you grab your binocs and you peer, and and hopefully you can just, as the clouds pass over, you can catch a glimpse of Zeus on high on MHH Mount Rushmore. He is, in fact, the first face etched up there, so... By the way, Stu, are you going to be able to make it September 26th, Mile High Stadium? Come be a part of the MHH Hangout. Have the tent. We are going to feed you, all right? There will be some uh, some good finger food. There will be a few drinks. There will be a good time. It will be cool if you can. Understand if you can't, but if you can, we'd love it. Um, all right, let me see here. We got Slide and Glide Bros in the house. Really appreciate you, my friend. Slide and Glide, make sure you are connected with us on Twitter because we like to shout you out. On Twitter, our superstars after each show, those who are supporting each night. And I've looked for you. I've, I've looked through to see if I could find you, but no dice. So if you're on Twitter, and even if we're already connected, do one of these in the mentions so that I know who you are. Appreciate you. Back from the woods. I love the Elway era helmets. Back from the woods. Did you go camping or something? Uh, but yeah, I love them too. Don't, don't mistake what I was saying. Like any of us who grew up in that era, you know, especially – I mean, we love those. They're dear to us, very much so. But, like, if you look at those that color uh, combination objectively, like, you know, people who don't care about football, for example, if you were to say, hey, what do you think of this uniform? They'd be like, what the Sam Hill is this? It's a weird color combination. They It looks, you know, Zach, the newer that was the newer design that, that started, that began in 97, it's a much more streamlined, modern look. That old one, I love it. But I think being able to combine them, Zach, with the the new the old D on the kind of newer colors motif, that's dope. Yeah, I'm pulling up something right now. Bob Morris tweeted this at me earlier, and these are, without a doubt, the worst Broncos yeah. uniforms yeah. to ever exist. Yep. The Browns and the Steelers had a love child, and those jerseys <laughs> were born, and they should never come out yep. once again. So I'm okay with anything except those. My God. And the vertical socks that go with them. Oh. You know, I remember them. Obviously, those were the old, old school Bronco jerseys from the very, very beginning, going way back to the AFL, early, early 60s. But when I think of those jerseys, I don't think of that era. I mean, I wasn't alive. I know about that era, but I wasn't alive. I think about 09 when the NFL did those way back, way back throwback jerseys, and it was during the McDaniels era. And I can remember Kyle Orton rocking that that jersey. Brandon Marshall had a day in that jersey, the receiver. And – uh yeah, they're they're talk about garish. I mean, ugh. awful. Thad, nice Thad Benson. What, what, let me see Thad Benson. Put that up again. What's this? 
I'm getting memed by your evil twin. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Michael. Uh, oh, man. We got Michaela in the house. The Duchess of MHH joining us every single night. She is just, she is consistent as the day is long. We That's love right. you. We appreciate you. She says, I will be serving uh, serving Southern style deep fried crow with hot sauce mm. this season. Tastes like chicken. Hashtag let them hate. Guys, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming to Denver. All right. But it's fun to talk about just because we don't have anything else going on right now. I echo Michaela in the spirit of, I really do think Drew Locke is going to silence a lot of his haters. And guys, you know, sitting here on June 24th, uh, you know, three, four months from now, whatever it ends up being, if I'm wrong, hey, pull it up, grab the timestamp, say, look how ridiculous this take was. And if I'm wrong, I'll fall on the sword and I'll eat micro. But I think he's going to have a year, guys. I really do. I mean, we're going to have a dunk tank at the MHH meetup. You guys can dunk me. You guys can bring the receipts to my face and dunk us if you want. Please call us that if we're wrong. But I'm with Michaela, I'm with Chad, and I'm with a growing sect of Broncos country that believes without Rodgers, the Broncos can still win with the quarterbacks they have, namely Drew Locke. So, Michaela, I hope everyone out there is hungry because I'm right there with you. I'll be serving up the crow with a ladle and a... <laughs> ladle <laughs> that. sense, but yeah. <laughs> Yo, Mark Langley from the wow. top rope. Man, it's it's starting to feel like the gang's all here. What's up, Mark? Thank you for that extremely generous super chat. Hope you're doing well. How's the missus? Give her our best. I'm sure you've been busier than a two-peckered owl, as my dad would say. And by pecker, he's talking about the the beak, right? Right. Um, just wanted to say, what's up, my guys? It's good to see you, brother. Hit me up. Text me, dude. How you been? What's going on? Mark, you're a legend. Another Mount Rushmore guy right here. I was looking up, and right next to Stu is Mark's face etched in the mountaintops, etched in Mount Rushmore. Mark, you are the man. You know, the man Mark Langley. That's your nickname from now on. We appreciate you so much, and we hope you're doing well as well. Dale, what's up, bro? Dale. By the way, Dale, um, I really I got to I gotta give some love to Dale because everyone knows around Christmas time, I was in search of the fabled mystical PS5. For the kids, right? And uh, I got a DM from Dale the other day, and he's like, hey, bro, I came across a couple of these. I got one for myself. You want one? I can pull the trigger now. You know, you just cover the shipping. I'm like, dude, mana from him. Because they're out there. You can go out and find them, like on eBay, the secondary markets, and pay double, which was what I was faced with as a prospect. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to wait it out, see what happens. Dale comes through in the clutch. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I can't stay tonight, but still want to support you guys. I will watch it later. Thank you for all you guys do. Thank you, Dale. You demand. And then he hops on here and starts donating and starts contributing. Dale Robin Hood Rude. That's your nickname from now on as well. We appreciate you so much, Dale. Thank you. You guys are truly – I mean, it's amazing – Chad, real quick, it's every time I say it, we say thank you so often. It's amazing that we we get to say thank you so often. It's amazing that how uh, supportive and appreciative and uh, giving you guys are. We're so appreciative and we're so grateful for that. Thank you so much. That's why, as many of you who can make it to week three, we want to see you. You know, it's a it's just a small thing that we want to do to. I mean, it's a small thank you, but it's more about meeting you guys and, and taking our connections and the bonds that we've built in this community uh, even further. So hope to see as many of you as possible at Mile High Stadium week three. We'll be in the tailgate. We'll be out in the parking lot with the big old MHH tent, food, fun, games, extravaganza. We'll be doing live podcasts. Dowels. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you never know what you might see out there. All right. Get your minds out of the gut. Um, here's a desert. Desert creature. I think the change in uniforms was instrumental in winning the first Super Bowl. I think there's, you know, it depends. Are you superstitious or are you a little stitious, right? Little Michael Scott joke for you there. I am a superstitious person, generally speaking. And I do think that the Broncos, who were up to that point had been 0 and 4 in the Super Bowl, thwarted whatever they had, you know, they, they, they somehow reversed the wheel of karma into their favor by virtue in part anyway, of that jersey change. When they showed up on the national stage for Super Bowl 32 to cross swords with Brett Favre and the world champion Green Bay Packers, this wasn't the same old, same old, you know, old school Broncos. Like, this was a new thing. Even though it was John, even though it was Steve Atwater, a lot of the same faces from some of those past Super Bowls, it was a different animal. Oh, how the turntables. 
I, I don't really care regardless what the Broncos. I saw another comment that I always agreed with, when, you know, all my life. I don't care if they play in glitter, you know, spackled tutus. As long as they win football games, uniforms are, are less important to me. Though I do have my preferences, and this logo will always be one of the dopest logos I think ever made. Agreed. Here's Sam Bam in the house. Good to see you, bro. Thank, Thank you, you for the super. You've just become, you've definitely become a superstar, and we appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, Chad and Zach? Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys have enough Broncos stuff to talk about while getting through these dog days of summer. 82 days until the first game. Go Broncos. Oh, yeah, dude. We'll be fine. It's fun. I mean, half the time, Zach, when we show up on the, the live streams, you know, we do have specific topics we want to get to, whether it's news or breaking down the roster or whatever. But half of our conversation at least turns to just talking to you guys and whatever's on your mind and the topics. I mean, as long as you guys keep showing up, we're going to keep showing up. And I don't think we ever have to worry about losing or running out of things to talk about. If we can get through the 2020 pandemic, the off season, the yep. June and, and part of July of that year, we can get through anything when no sports were on. And I was watching Bangladeshi cricket. I mean, it was bad last year. Just don't worry guys in, a month from now, we're going to have more news than you can even stomach about the Broncos, and I can't wait for the summer to get here and the season to get here. I mean, don't get me wrong. The um, Michael Jordan documentary, right, what was it called, um, Last Dance, Last that Dance. ESPN rolled out, that was mana from heaven because sports had just evaporated. NBA closed up shop, all of college, NHL, MLB by that point and everything just gone to where we were hanging on literally each week, ESPN rolling out a docu-series on something we all knew how it ended. (laughs) And we're like going, oh, this is the dopest of the dope. Look, it was. And I actually just started watching it again um, over the weekend because it really is good. It's just, it's really well done, but it's not a replacement for the real things, Zach. True sports, real competition amongst the best athletes at their, you know, positions or their sport in the world yeah and I might be biased but as as great as MJ was as great as uh you know the times were in the NBA back then they certainly aren't that now nothing tops football football will will always be king and I'm so happy we have a normal season to look forward to this year all right let me see what we got here appreciate you Tom he says NFL just taking a page from the NBA and MHH and spreading that merch out yeah I mean that's why they get so uh stingy and whatnot about any kind of jersey change and why it's so slow changing in the NFL is because they are so worried about brand and they are so worried about their trademarks and whatnot that, you know, and understandably so what was the NFL even last year? I'm not sure what it was last year, but it's, you know, 12 to $14 billion a year nut. And, you know, they want to protect that these logos and these teams, these brands are cherished. They're worth a lot of money. And if you're going to change that, you know, it needs to be a considered thought out process, but Zach, they overthink it sometimes. Like, you know, you don't need to be the modern version of the Oregon ducks in the NFL, <laughs> but having where it's a different Jersey, like, <laughs> but still like having the fluidity and the creative license to change things up here and there, man, I think that would only enrich the process for fans all the more. It's a no-brainer, and I'm not too mad about the NFL trying to capitalize. Where's all my capitalists out there? This is business. It's it's past just a game or just a sport. The NFL, as Chad just laid out, is a multi-billion with a B dollar business. So, yeah, they're going to try to capitalize, but at least they're not putting p- politics on their uniforms. They're not putting social justice you know, phrases and slogans and companies on their uniforms. They haven't bled that far yet. The only thing I'm kind of mad about, Chad – Apparently, they're moving the combine out of Indy. They're shopping that around. That's a little extreme. They want to make a couple million bucks off that. Indy has been such a great host city for so many years. It's become the face almost of the combine, synonymous with that. That's where it becomes, okay, the NFL will do anything to make a penny. And I understand why there's some pushback to that. And it's a relatively centralized location. You know, it is in the Midwest. And so, you know, teams are kind of equally whatever the distance that has to be bridged to get there, it's relatively equal. I mean, teams like, you know, Detroit or Pittsburgh or whatever, they're obviously a lot closer to Indy, but still like the, the coastal, the coastal teams and even the Broncos, like I'm with you. I don't love that. And I, yeah, but again, I'm more of a traditionalist type. I know that might 
kind of sound like it runs counter to the idea of having the openness and ability to kind of change up logos here and there. But I do cherish the traditions of the NFL. And Zach, I think being able, especially if you have been to the combine, either as a fan or covered it as your job, as Zach and I have, being able to be there and appreciate just the living, breathing thing that is the combine and what it means for Indianapolis. And yes. sure, it could it could mean that for whatever NFL city might win the bid to get it next year or whatever. But still, you know, it's I don't like changing things just to change things. You know, I mean, the draft, that's a different animal. I That to me isn't quite this doesn't quite never did quite carry the same gravitas, traditionally speaking, as like that's tied to one city as the combine did. It's two different things. I am completely a billion percent in agreement. I don't believe in changing for the sake of changing. And that's one earmark, I believe, of the Roger Goodell era is just making alterations for the sake of altering things. Uh, The Combine is almost like Disneyland to Indianapolis in terms of the popularity and also the revenue, the tourism, the money it brings in. They are such great people. They hosted us, Chad, with such... Um, you know, generosity. They were so nice to us. They're, they're good, hardworking people out there. Downtown Indy's great. A lot of great restaurants, bars, places, things to do. I'd be sad if it left Indy. I'm not going to lie. Is it at Asher Morris? Yeah, that, that's you. That's right. So you're, wait a minute. No, that says in Australia. Are you in Australia? I might be finding a different one, but either way. Clarify for me one last time. Thank you. Thanks again for the super chat, my friend. Appreciate you. But I'll, that gets me closer anyway. Um, okay. Tommy wants to know, what do you think of reports of Fangio calling Sternod a rookie on the field? Well, so it's not is. a report. Fangio said that. He said he's like a rookie just because, you know, he – you got to remember, he was a rookie in 2020 in a season that had no OTAs, had no preseason – when he showed up for training camp and then got hurt, what was it, Zach, three or four days in? You know, it's not like he had three or four days of camp on the heels of, you know, half a season's worth of reps during OTAs, which is what Pat Shermer said the Broncos were able to get under their belt this year. You got to assume that the average OTA in a traditional NFL offseason, when you factor in all the different camps and voluntary and mandatory, it probably averages out to be about a half season's worth of reps for these guys. Sternod did not get that. He got three, four days worth of practice and then boom, the wrist. So he's not trying to dunk. He's not trying to dismiss. In fact, almost everything he said about Sternod in that particular quote, which I can pull and we can read it if you want, was complimentary and optimistic. But all he was saying is the dude is still very green around the ears. Fangio wants him to succeed because Fangio loves those late round project linebackers. Don't forget, he cut his teeth coaching linebackers. But Sternod is pretty much a rookie. He didn't play last year at all. It's like when you see a player that's like been in the league technically for, let's say, five years, but they're a second-year player. It's just how things work in the NFL. Also, it's how we kind of regarded Drew Locke last year. He was almost a rookie because he only had five starts under his belt coming into the year. So I'm not taking that as a slight at all. It's almost a fact. He's still that green. I think I have the quote here. I'm almost there anyway. One more. Almost Here we go. This one. I think it's this one. Yeah. So here's the full quote. All right. I'll pull this up on his impressions of Justin Sternod. Then we'll grab CC here. Here's what Vic Fangio said, the full context of that particular quote. Justin, other than him being in meetings last year, he really is a rookie. He got hurt last year in camp very, very early in practice five, six or seven. He's really like a rookie on the field, but he's doing well. We like the way he moves, and we like his attitude. He's definitely a very conscientious player. He wants to carve out a role for himself with the defense. It'll be critical for him to be a mainstay on our special teams. Your backup linebackers have to do that. Remember, there's no Joe Jones this year. Overall, we've all been pleased with Justin and where he's at. So far, he's shown no ill side effects of the wrist injury he had. We're going to try and be cautious with him in that regard. Eventually, He's going to have to use it, and he has been. We think the future is bright for him, close quote. Chad, for as far as Fangio goes, that's glowing praise. I mean, we both know he doesn't come out too often with that specific set of compliments, and that's that's very high 
uh, level of regard for Sternod. So yeah, he wants him to succeed, and I don't think there was any ill intent. And in fact, the opposite. I think he's almost excusing Sternod for last year and saying, listen, injuries are out of your control. We hope that you can become a mainstay, a mainstay on the third side of the ball and work your way from there. So I'm encouraged. Shout out to these top star senders over on Facebook, Jeremy Kusich, Gary Lees Palmer, legend, Brad Murdoch, all of you, all three of you, legends. You've been with us a long time, supporting the cause over there as well. All three of these men are super supporters of MHH on Facebook. And Jeremy, you know, out there hustling, trying to make a buck, uh, selling cars, you know, how, how's the hustle going? Hope you're, hope you're doing well in this market. I mean, I just uh, bought a truck a couple weeks ago. And let me tell you something, it's a uh, seller's market because at least for trucks right now, good luck finding one, especially if you're looking to buy brand new, good luck finding one unless you're willing to wait four weeks or excuse me, uh, 12 weeks for a factory shipment, right? So Jeremy, hopefully you're killing it, my friend, but guys, all three of you, thanks for the stars. Yes. Thank you guys. And where is Zebulon? That's the second time in a row now. I haven't, I haven't seen Zebulon in the, uh, in the Facebook Stars. And real quick, Geiger, we, we said this to you on the end of a pod recently, but yes, if you go to huddleuppod.com, the merchandise should send to Australia. It should send uh, international anywhere. Let us know if you if you run into a problem, but you should be good to go. Yeah, we actually learned that the hard way, right? We actually were sending a mug to <laughs> Kenneth Booker, and uh, somewhere along the way, it probably was we went to Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It got uh, lost in the shuffle, and when I finally went to track it, it showed it was had been shipped to the pe- people of the People's Republic of South Korea. Oh, I'm like, well, close enough. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. So hopefully, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem shipping shipping to Australia. Steve in the house, what's up, bro? It was great having you on the pod last night. Appreciate the support. He says, hey guys, had fun on the pod last night. Yeah, it was so great to, to catch up with you for a minute there. Yes, sir. You the man. Uh, we got Andrew jumping in super chat. Thank you, Andrew Morrow. He says. Relax, R E L A X. He's coming. Pause. We'll we'll see, dude. Yeah, phrasing, Andrew. But we appreciate you. All right, let me just see where we is, real quick here. I'm hearing Twitch isn't working right. I'm hearing from Michael that Facebook isn't working right. Man, we're uh, we're we're struggling here. Andrew again with the super chat. Thanks, bro. He says. Zach, Fantasy League, I'm down again. Thanks. It's a little too soon to talk about uh, fantasy, but yeah, anyone interested, we're going to have a Mile Eye Huddle Fantasy League this year, as we did last year. The more interest we have, the more teams we'll create. But yeah, look out for more information. But let us know in the comments. Again, I'm, I'm making a loose list of who wants to be in the league this year. So, Andrew, I got you down for sure. Higher Learning says on YouTube, I just think we will do better with Aaron Rodgers than our current QBs. I still think whichever QB we field will do well this year because of the playmakers around them and our defense, but then throws in the uh, caveat, Teddy better than Locke. So we're, we agree, like, regardless of which guy comes out on top in the Teddy versus Locke competition, I think either one of those guys is set up to have a good season, you know, relative to their, you know, NFL resume. I think this is a team that's honestly set up to – do some damage this year in a good way. It all comes down, Zach, to A, avoiding the injury bug, especially the key players. Because last year, it wasn't just this catastrophic slew of injuries. It just so happened that it was all the key players. I mean, I lost count for a minute there how many Pro Bowls went down before week two, week three. It was something like 14 or 15 Pro Bowls chilling on injured reserve because of the injury bug. So if they stay healthy, honestly – even though I think Locke's going to end up being the guy, it I, regardless, is going to be a team that will be formidable in a dark horse way. I think a lot of teams will sleep on them. They'll be able to kind of surprise. Zach, you talk about it a lot, that the schedule sets up very soft for Denver to open the season. So you can kind of build yourself a good cushion if yeah. you play your cards right, if you take care of business. Yeah, higher learnings, uh, I agree with your first point. For Obviously, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. He's definitely better than Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I believe I, I agree with your second point. You still think whichever quarterback we feel will do well this year because of the playmakers, absolutely, and the defense and the schedule, and we hope what the running game should be. But I'm not there quite with you yet. I know you're not the biggest Locke guy, but I just think potential-wise, ceiling-wise, Locke is – 
greater than symbol Bridgewater. So that's our beliefs are different in that sense. Business is good for Jeremy. Right on, dude. Good to hear. Nice. Good to hear. Here's Ian on Facebook. Appreciate you, Ian. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for your thoughts. My mom pulled through her surgery now. It's time for her to recover. Thank you guys for your support. I love MHH. Great to hear, my friend. Great to hear. Positivity, optimism, yeah. you know, prayers up. It all does make a difference. So we're just stoked to hear that. And we'll always be here for you, Ian, or anybody else out there. We are a family on this podcast. We're not just, you know, we're not just podcast hosts and podcast listeners. We're all a tight-knit community. And so I'm really excited and happy to hear that for you. Indeed. All right. Let me just see here. I'm going to kind of mosey. I want to see some of these. We'll grab David. I'm just grabbing real quick. I'm just getting oriented here. Okay. What's up, David? Again, always brings good topics, good questions. Appreciate you, brother. He says, what do you think Peyton's assessment George Payton, that is, of the scheme and play calls from Pat Shermer right after his deep dive film. Do you think he gave any direction? Um, I would be stunned if George Payton didn't have some kind of feedback, uh, kind of a debriefing type situation with Shermer, because we know he did do, you know, when he was looking at the job, he did a quick survey, watched a little bit of film, covering some of the key topics that he knew would probably be talked about in the interviews. And then once he got the job and settled in, the first thing he did was get to the film and really deep dive as David points out here. And yeah, you, I would, I mean, just what we know about how thorough George is and how much of a detailed oriented guy he is. I would be stunned if we were to ever learn that he didn't have any kind of feedback, you know, critiques, whether it's constructive or negative, <clears throat> of Pat Shermer's 2020 body of work because look, just like the players, Pat got a little bit of a raw deal with the being a first year coordinator in a pandemic shortened season or off season that is. And so, you know, he had to learn a little bit on the job in terms of getting to know the guys or his disposal and all that stuff. But even once you kind of allow for that, it's like, all right, get past that. Like look at Drew Locke from week 11 on when his play started to really stabilize <clears throat> Up by that point, Shermer started kind of figuring out, okay, here's some of the things I got to do better to scheme, not just to Drew, but like to everybody else. In my opinion, it took way too long for him to figure that out. So, you know, hopefully lesson learned. I hope that George Payton took Pat Shermer in front of a PlayStation and fired up Madden and said, listen, Pat, this is a screen pass. This is a jet sweep. These are creative plays in 2021. But in all seriousness, I, I kind of, kind of agree with you. Um, in the sense that I think Peyton is also looking at last year kind of as a throwaway. It was an outlier type season. So many different things made it hard to judge what the Broncos offense could have been in a normal year. Take the pandemic out. You still lost Cortland Sutton. Your quarterback still went down. You still replaced your right tackle. There were so many different factors that led to the Broncos offense being as bad at times as it was. But Pat Shermer was just as complicit. So he has to grow in himself for the entire offense to grow. Drew Locke can play great, but if you're calling plays, you know, befitting 2005, how good can the offense really be with Pat Shermer at the controls? Asked and answered. Zebulon there in the house with some stars. Travis Tarbox in the house with some stars. Thank you, Travis. Uh, John, keep an eye out for any co uh, comments, questions from this five, uh, this collection of five stars over here. Um, all right, Andrew, we got you. We we got that one, Johnny baby. Um, let me see here. Let's grab this one from CC. Sounds like a bold prediction. Jerry Judy goes for 1,100 plus. I think Judy leads the Broncos in yards next year, especially if Teddy plays some meaningful snaps for us. You know what? If you get even a 80% version of Cortland Sutton, I would be stunned if right. any other receiver out yardaged him. But look, Jerry Judy. I like what I've seen from him in the very few engagements and interactions we've had with him up to this point. He sounds like a different guy, like in terms of his mindset and his maturity. And, and I think that can only pay dividends in terms of the field. There is two scenarios where Judy hits 1,100 yards. Either the Broncos offense is off the chain next year and Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater balls out or Cortland Sutton gets hurt. Because like Chad just said, a healthy Cortland Sutton will dominate targets and dominate yardage more than likely, maybe even touchdowns. You're looking at a perpetual 1,000-yard guy, and I don't see 2,000-yard receivers in the current Broncos system that we saw last year. 
Then again, though, I think Jerry Judy is primed for a breakout. Those freaking out about Jerry Judy need to really pump the brakes. Receivers take time, and he was a mess. And, and a lot of the things weren't his own fault. He had drops, yeah, but it was a whole other crap show going on around him. So I think he will step up this year. But to predict 1,100 yards, that would that would mean that Pat Shermer grows a brain. That would mean that Pat Shermer figured out what's a screen pass and what's a creative downfield play in the year 2021. I hope it happens. I just wouldn't hold your breath on Jerry Judy reaching that number. Well, here's something to wrap your brain around, all right? Yes, Cortland Sutton missed the vast majority of the season, but Jerry Judy led the team. I'm pretty sure I'll double-check that. I'll check Noah Fant, but he had 113 targets. He had more targets than receptions, which is unusual for a high-profile number one or number two caliber receiver. You know, usually it's like a, excuse me, it's like a three to one kind of ratio in terms of catches to targets, 113 targets to 52 receptions. And that was with Drew Locke really trying to feel his way out and feed him the ball and force the ball. And yeah, Judy had, you know, he was, he was credited with 12 drops, but I'm telling you right now, whoever decides on what the official statistics are, they left three or four, you know, that they consider to be negligible enough to not credit to the receiver on the table. Judy dropped a lot of passes. So even if you say, all right, let's take those drops and add them to his total. And he had a perfect season like Tim Patrick did in terms of zero drops. You know, now he's at 72 receptions somewhere around there. Easily that's probably over a thousand yards. If you uh, check his, you know, yards per reception, he averaged last year, 16 and a half yards per catch. So that's probably the floor in year two for Judy is right at about a thousand and probably 72 catches somewhere like that to me is the floor and that's with Cortland on the field real quick I have to clap back Gregory let me make this really simple I said Jerry Judy had problems around him he had things that were not through any fault of his own like the coaching like the quarterbacking like the play calling and so on and so on the issues that he had on his own Gregory were the drops he was also immature last year I mean, when you say, at least I got my conditioning in publicly, that's an immature comment to make that he shouldn't have made. So he had two issues last year, but if you do instant replay and rewind the podcast, as I advise you to do, you would see that he had issues around him, not that he was the sole contributor and the sole culprit to all those issues. Yeah, as an example, on the (sighs) catch-to-target ratio, Zach, Noah Fant was targeted 93 times last year. 62 receptions. That's about kind of the, I guess that's more of a two to three ratio, but it's a lot closer to what in my mind's eye, I envision as kind of more the expectation for a starting caliber pass catcher in the league. So yeah, Jerry Judy to piggyback off what Zach just said, look, Gregory, every time that dude had a mic in his face last year, he disappointed. And I'm not trying to be critical. He came off as very, you know, (sighs) I'm the coolest guy I know. Y'all are sleeping on me, you know. And then it just never came out in the wash. There was two games in which he was like star power stud. That was the Jets game and the last game of the year. And everything in between, he would take similar to like Drew in terms of the ups and downs. He'd take two steps forward. And just when you're about to go, we got, you know, we got something, then he would take the one step back. So that's part of being a young player. That's part of developing. That's part of the process of, you know, growing in the league. So, again, I I seriously think the floor for Judy this year, Zach, it'll be interesting to see what some of the uh, odds makers lay out there as far as the over-unders. But I'm going to say somewhere around 70 catches and somewhere right around 1,000 yards as far as how many Mm -hmm. touchdowns. That's really hard to say. Yeah, that's a little higher for a floor than I would have had. Just just because of Cortland Sutton coming back and he's him being so good and having KJ Hamler and the, and Tim Patrick as well, he can't be forgotten this offense. But Gregory, Gregory, Jerry Judy's agent Miller, it wasn't just a drop as we laid out. It was his attitude. If you don't take it from us, take it from Jay here. The drops were one thing, but his attitude for a first-year player was really bad. It is. Both things could be true. It, it's looking like he's cleaned up his drops. He's cleaning up his attitude. He's a changed player. So we have hope, but you can't deny those things were plaguing him last year. Don't cover your eyes. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's really impressed me so far. You know, we've only really had two shots to hear from Jerry in 2021. And in both cases, he was much more affable, open, optimistic, also very real with the issues of his own shortcomings last year. Whereas last year, 
you bring up a you know off after a game where he had four or five drops right against the Chargers. I think it was the second to last game, I believe, if I'm not misremembering that. You know, he he acted like you know well, this is a non-issue. Why are you? This is beneath me to even like address this. It's like no, dude. Like this is the league. You got to hold yourself accountable because everyone else is going to hold you accountable. And it feels like Zach he's turned that corner. Um, here's Jeremy to say, I hope Judy and KJ Hamler break out. Till then, I'm extending the guy with the second best hands in the league. That's Tim. I don't drop it, Patrick. How could you not like TP? I mean, he really is as reliable as they come. If the Broncos had, you know, 22 Tim Patricks on offense and defense, they'd be very, very well off. I'm a big fan of his, and I think he's in for a big season. And then maybe he'll capitalize off that, Chad, and get a nice free agent contract somewhere. But uh, I'm interested to see how he's using this offense while the Broncos have him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I I mean, I think, honestly, I I feel you on that. But, like, there's next to zero (coughs) – excuse me – chance that he is in the orange and blue this time next year. I concur with Bob Morris. You know, Bob's doing a great series called contract year where he's taking every guy that's in a contract year, laying out his prospects, trying to kind of put the picture together to answer, you know, is this guy, what are the odds this guy comes back basically, right? What's the bottom line? And in the case of Timmy P odds, he had it as slim to none or none. I think actually, now that I think about it and I agree with that. I think the only thing that would change that, equation zach and you might disagree with me pardon me is if something knock on wood god forbid were to happen to Sutton again yeah or by some weird you know happening they trade jerry judy as part of an aaron Rodgers or deshaun watson trade but yeah i'm, I'm right there with you i meant he's gonna get a deal from another team there's, there's a little chance to come back to denver and that's why i'm happy to see him what he can do this year provided please god pat Shermer learns how to play call correctly and scheme his players Tim Patrick in an offense that features the other weapons. I mean, it just can be unstoppable, really. Michael says on YouTube, I feel like the whole team owned up to the failures last year, including the coaches, including the GM, right? Because John Elway said, you know, we when we would talk about this very issue, like what would happen if the Broncos fail in 2020? And then when we get to 2020 and they are failing, it's like, what – we're like, no, John, people don't fire themselves. John Elway fired himself. Now, granted, he didn't leave the team, and he they, they postured it and sold it from a PR perspective as a guy who is just getting up there in age, wants to enjoy his seventh grandkid, you know, the day-to-day grind. It's time to pass it off to someone that's, you know, got a little more youthful energy and juice. But make no mistake, like, that was an accountability move. He faded back to just being the president and by just, look, he's still the top of the chain in terms of the um, executive ladder, totem pole at Dove Valley. But, guys, when it comes to Joe Ellis and who he's listening to and who he's holding accountable day to day, it's George Payton. So, yes, I agree that they did, for the most part, own up. The only thing that really runs counter to that, Zach, is Vic Fangio kept his job. And Tom McMahon and Pat Shermer. I mean, the entire coaching staff was brought back. Uh, but it's also Elway was also taking himself out of the public spotlight, taking himself out of the pressure cooker. And he was like, here, George, you take it. I don't want it anymore. Don't criticize me. I'm, I'm enjoying my grandkids. I'm enjoying retirement. So, yeah, I believe there was ownership and there was accountability. I just hope it translates to the season or to the field this coming season. Appreciate you, Bob. Good to see you. I am Supreme 22. Glad to have you with us. Um, all right. I think we got one more super chat. And then even though we're at 48 minutes, I mean, unless you guys have any burning topics you want to get off your chest, we can probably wrap it up a little bit early tonight. Geiger Gaming from Down Under. Good to see you, bro. Thank, Thank you me. for the super. Number one Broncos podcast. Dude, you the man. Appreciate you. If it wasn't such a hop, skip, and a jump, we'd be saying, dude, hope to see you on September 26th. And though we do still hope to see you September 26th, we understand that's a pretty big ask. Yeah, but thank you for your support, Geiger. You're quickly approaching superstar status, and uh, we we love you. Thank you. Yes, and guys, we have such cool stuff we're about to roll out. I know you've heard me say it for a couple of weeks now, but I'm telling you, very, very soon. I mean, we're we're talking days, all right? We're just waiting on a few designs for the um, membership badges to be completely honed. We're going to roll out our YouTube membership offering and you guys are going to love it and it's going to be really really cool a lot of different options a lot of different new content that that gives you 
lot of different options and how you can su- continue to support the shows and the podcast that you love and you know the channel overall, the brand MHH. We're this close. We're just wanting to put the finishing touches on so it's as close to perfect as it can possibly be before we pull the trigger. We're going to have a hell of a season this year. I'm excited about all the uh, new stuff upcoming for the brand. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be so fun. So fun. All right. Is there, John, any other burning topic that you think we might need to get to here tonight? All right. Well, guys, it's uh, it's a rare moment where, you know, we don't go not only to the 60-minute mark, but well over. But, guys, I think that's probably fair enough for tonight because, you know, I'm a little biased. I've been traveling the last two days with my son for a basketball camp, so I'm, I'm feeling a little ragged from being on the road. But still, you know, it's so much fun to be with you guys. Uh, I don't, I'm not sitting here counting the minutes, but when you kind of run out of steam, you run out of steam. And I think there's a good point for us, Zach, to sign off for the week. But I'll be back Saturday for Broncos Book Club, noon Mountain Time on Facebook for our supporters. You'll be back Sunday at noon Mountain Time for Kelberman's Corner. And then, of course, the Huddle Up podcast returns Sunday night, same time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. But don't forget, you get Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, followed by Mile High Insiders Saturday night. So other than that, Zach, great week. Loved reading a lot of your stuff this week. has just been fire. Multiple articles going viral. Great job this week. Sign us out of here, bro. Thank you, Chad. And thank you for everyone out there, you know, for reading the articles and making it go viral. Thank you for all your support in that sense. But you can follow us on Twitter, guys, at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the mother account on Twitter at Mile I Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Of course, follow our producer, Buana Beast, at John K M H H. Guys, if you get a second, Facebook.com slash Mile I Huddle Pod. Um, Click on that, subscribe to that, like that page. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Become a supporter. Chad just said, like, we're talking about exclusive shows, content, trickle zone Saturdays when it comes back, Broncos Book Club, Kelberman's Corner, new stuff coming out. I promise you it's worth it. And thank you for your patronage there. And also, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag, get yourself a hat, shirt, et cetera, et cetera. We love you guys for everything you've done. But can't do any of that. We still love you, still appreciate you. We ask three things, though, three things. Subscribe, like, and share every video you see on this channel. It helps us out, helps us grow, helps us reach like-minded Broncos fans just like you and bringing them to, like was mentioned, the best Broncos podcast out there. We will be back, though, Sunday night in the saddle, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern Huddle Podcast. See you then. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.